What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Now back to the VMAC for Seahawks training camp on your home for the 12th man in the NFL. Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. We are going to read off our final name. The final name that we have for our flyaway contest brought to you by Delta Airlines. And VenueKings.com. Softy will announce the winner coming up at about 6 o'clock today. Ooh, nice. Pat Smith. Pat Smith, S-M-Y-T-H. And Pat Smith might be kind of a common name. This one is from LaConnor. Oh. Pat Pat Smith from LaConnor. You ever been up to LaConnor Brewery? No. Outstanding. My parents, they got married in LaConnor. Small little white little church up there. There you go. Beautiful little church. Well, Pat Smith probably knows all of those places, and yeah. he is on the, the clock right great. now. 286-9595-800-829-0950. And uh, Pat Smith, the final one, final name. We'll call out Softy would do, I would assume, 3, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, probably, before he announces a winner at 6 o'clock this evening. 15 minutes to call in Pat Smith from LaConnor. 286-9595-800-829-0950. Bad news for Washington. Sean Costing out for the year with a broken ankle. Uh, it's well, it requires surgery. Yeah, it appears I, I assuming it just happened to practice. So yeah, I uh, made that announcement today. Yeah, so that's uh, takes a takes a hit there. The death at linebacker. Uh, we are going to call uh, Jerry Allen in just a couple of seconds and uh, get the voice of the Oregon Ducks on, and we'll talk to him as we kind of continue our tour of the Pac-12 so conference. I'm sixty forty on whether or not it's going to well, happen. Well, sixty. Or not. You're right. He'll answer. Will yeah. he be able to participate yeah, I think, in the interview? I think the answer will happen. It's just a matter of will he be there when it's all said and done. We'll, we'll see what Adam's able to pull off here in just a couple minutes as well. Seahawk news, is, uh, as Puck mentioned, uh, Jermaine Fetty did not practice today. A little bit of a, was it an oblique, they mm-hmm. said, I guess? Minor oblique issue. Minor oblique issue for uh, big Jermaine Fetty. Uh, Mariners tonight, Taiwan Walker has been recalled officially. He will get the start. His, his detention, his punishment, his timeout, whatever you want to call it, down in Tacoma, is over, and I, I would almost think Puckett's probably more they need him than he's being rewarded or anything. Or I don't think he's being rewarded. You're right. Yeah. Uh, this is not him being rewarded after just one no. solid outing at Tacoma. This, this is about they need him, and uh, they, you know, they're they're going with three pitchers that are just they're not major league quality pitchers, and uh, they are lucky that they're still in this position that they're in to be ten games over five hundred. They need him. Uh, this is I don't think this is make or break yet for Taiwan Walker, but we're getting pretty close with him. And uh, he's got to put it together. And enough talk about potential, and he is the next ace of this staff. Uh, he has a great resource in Felix Hernandez. And why this hasn't rubbed off more, I don't know. Uh, is, is this all Taiwan? Is Felix not helping him? Felix looks like a guy that he would help anyone, uh, kind of craft, craft his game and, and craft his arsenal as a pitcher. Uh, but Taiwan Walker needs to show this organization something here in the uh, what final month and a half of the season, or I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked in the offseason they look at doing something with him. And that's always I don't think they're thr- I, they're not thrilled with him. They they don't like that he hasn't taken to the advice that they have that they have that they have given him. 
and they've given him every opportunity to come out and be the guy they think he can be. So if he doesn't put it together here in the final month and a half of the season, yeah, I think they will with no doubt will explore the opportunities of moving him. He's always been a name they've been, that's been rumored out there because there's a value to him, but uh, we've always said, God, don't trade him, don't trade him. Well, maybe if you can get something, you do. All right, let's get to it. Our, our Pac-12 preview continues a tour throughout the conference, and we head down to Eugene. It's time to take a tour around the Pac-12 as we preview the upcoming college football season. You are looking live. Here's Ian and Puck on your home for college football Saturdays. Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Well, we head to Eugene and check in with the outstanding play-by-play voice of the Oregon Ducks. Ian and Puck with you this afternoon. Jerry Allen joins us on the Zeke's Pizza Hotline. How are you, sir? I'm doing really well, thank you. How about yourself? We're doing good up here. And uh, last season, 7-2 in conference, 9-4 overall for the Ducks. But I think we all realize, even the two of us who are both Cougar fans and got a win down there in Eugene, maybe would have been a little different year last year if a certain quarterback would have stayed healthy. Was that the general consensus last season down there? Yeah, no doubt about it. You know, either either your quarterback stays healthy or you develop a little depth of that position so you don't drop so bad. And it uh, it impacted this team. There's no doubt about it. The, uh, the two years in a row, Jerry, they're going to go with uh, an FCS quarterback. The uh, they they struck it with uh, last year with with Vernon Adams when he was healthy. Oregon was great. What do we know of of Prukop? What what type of quarterback is he? How similar is he to the former Oregon quarterbacks we've seen in this system? Well, he's really. Uh, a different quarterback than Vernon Adams will uh, was Dakota is six two. He's a little taller, so he, he can see those passing lanes. I think Vernon had some issues with that, and that's why he scrambled so much. But he was very effective at it. Uh, Dakota, a little more of a read option guy. He's going to carry the ball a little more when it's there. Strong arm, um, very good command of the offense already. He's a veteran. He's played, although at a lower division, but he's he's pretty solid. They really like him, and right now he has an edge. I'm mean, not saying he's the starter yet but he definitely has a lead. Jerry, maybe a bigger picture before we go back to kind of this year's team, and, and, and Puck and I and so many others have kind of tossed this around from the outside looking in. No one's closer than you are to the program. Why is it that, that this will be two straight years that they've gone outside the program to get a starting quarterback, and, and there, had, there has not been that depth at that, pro, at that position either behind Mariota and even last season? Well, part of the recent injury, I mean, the starting quarterback last year goes down, and, and what, a guy that probably was going to be his backup and maybe a starter this year, uh, Travis Johnson is 6'3", he's around 200. He's a redshirt freshman. He had a toe injury last year, and so he wasn't available. Um, he was a guy they probably would have brought in, and I certainly think had he played some last year, he would have a head up, uh, a leg up on, on that starting position, and they might not have had to bring in. Uh, you know, a quarterback again. So injuries have plagued them. Um, they've got right now. They feel real three really good quarterbacks in. One of them just happens to be a true freshman from a Sheldon High School in Eugene, Justin Herbert. He's looking very good. I'm not that he's going to play this year. He'll probably redshirt. But they think now they finally got their quarterbacks lined up. Expectations have, have have been raised down there, and so when when you hear people talk about, oh, it was a disappointing year. I mean, nine and four. There's a lot of programs across the country. Jerry would take. Nine and four. If you you look uh, closer, three of those four losses by a touchdown or less. So they were right there in the end of, of putting together, you know, potentially just a a one loss season. What is the key this year for them to get back to those, you know, double digit win seasons that you saw under Chip Kelly, you even saw under uh, Mark Helfrich? Improving the defense. The offense is going to be fine. I got Royce Freeman back. They got 
wide receivers, uh, two starters in the offensive line. They got depth. They're, they're going to be good on the offense again. They're going to score points. But Oregon's defense is ranked 116th last year. You know, if they can improve that just 10 spots, they probably would have won two more games last year. So that's the big focus. Now, they, they did lose seven starters off that defensive front seven. And uh, and that's a blow that, that you know, it's going to be a game or two before they know whether or not they've replaced those guys. The secondary's all back pretty much, but it's the front seven. And they changed the defense. Brady Hokin is the defensive coordinator, an ex-head coach, defensive coordinator now, and he's gone to a 4-3 look rather than that 3-4. So they're going to attack more, but do they have the bodies to do that yet? So that's what most everybody's watching for now, the improvement in the defense. I've always marveled at what's gone on since the program really kind of rose to prominence in the last 20 years, Jerry. It's Nick Aliotti always thought was such a terrific coach, and yet, you know, probably mostly fan-wise, maybe a little media, always seemed to get beat up. Brady Hoke comes in with great credentials as a defensive mind and everything else and a name that people know. That just feels like it's a tough job at Oregon because there's so much focus on the flash and dash of the offense, so many great offensive players that come through there. feels like the defense has to live up almost to the offense's reputation. makes it a tough, challenging job sometimes. Oh, boy, you got that exactly right. We talked about that before, too. The offense is such fun to watch, and, and they just really put on a show. And, and I guess fans kind of expect that from the defense, too. And, and you know, with today's types of offenses, the spread and, and the no huddle and the hurry-up tempo offenses, defenses haven't adjusted, I don't think, to that style as much. So they're giving up more yards and more points. And uh, when there's a loss, you know, your team puts up 45 or 48 points and you lose, you're going to jump all over that defense. So Nick Aliotti was great. His teams were known for, and he hated hearing this, bend but don't break. They would give up yards in the middle of the field and force a field goal. Oregon turned around and get a touchdown. And so um, fans still didn't like that. It, they, they wanted it to be a shutout every game and only give up 10 yards. I mean, you know, that's, that's the fan. Jerry, what, type, what, what do you think the loss of Scott Frost uh, leaving as coordinator of the offense now taking the head coaching job at Central Florida will be? Well, it'll be big, except for the fact I think they, you know, they, they replaced him uh, in a great way, too. They kept the continuity, bringing in Matt Lubick from a wide receivers coach, and, and he comes from a coaching family, so uh, they're really comfortable with that. And then Mark Helfrich, who was the offensive coordinator under Chip Kelly, is still the head guy, and, and he's got his feet in there. But Scott Frost was special. Uh, Scott Frost was well hard to hard to explain his game, and and he was appreciated by his players. He was loved, and he was respected because the man played the game. And uh, he will be an NFL coach in a very short period of time. Jerry Allen, the voice of the Ducks, with us for a couple more moments. Jerry, one of the things that Puck and I have kind of gone through the tour of the conference have looked at. You guys look at the schedule, you know, and, and especially in this conference where there's some, some really good teams, especially in the north, there is some parity this year. I look at Oregon's schedule, and, and, and Jason and I talked about it yesterday. You know, Virginia's probably no gimme with, with Bronco going there and, and being a coach and, and probably helping that program rise up. At Nebraska and the familiar face of Mike Riley, they're trying to have a resurgent year. But the way the conference schedule shapes up, I would kind of like it if I was Oregon. Yeah, you've got the Washington schools back-to-back. You've got a Cal and Arizona State uh, team, though, in between. It feels like every time there's a tough stretch, there might be a team that you can kind of get well against or be healthy against along the way. What's the feeling on the schedule for the Ducks? Well, they, they feel you know very much the same. That you know it, it lays out for the season very well. they got the tough games. Uh, at Nebraska is not going to be easy. Washington State up there. I mean, they just score points, and that's, again, with this – Unknown defense for Oregon this year. That that's a really worrisome game. Uh, Huskies got to come to Oregon, but they're picked high, 
So that's a toss-up game. Uh, USC at USC, you know, always always a question mark when you go against that kind of talent. Uh, and then, of course, Stanford. And then got to go to Utah, although they lost some people. It's it's not a really unbelievably hard schedule, but it's not an easy schedule either. And it's kind of all based upon Oregon's defense. If they can handle those teams that score a lot of points, they'll be okay. Jerry, I know you know this, that fans can be fickle and they can get upset fairly easily and, and quickly. How, how do they view Mark Helfrich there? They like Mark Helfrich. He's a native son, uh, born in, in Oregon, went to a high school on the coast, went to Southern Oregon State College and, and starred down there. He was very successful under Chip Kelly. And he's a people person. And a lot of coaches – you know, will struggle if, if they don't get along with the media or along with the fans. Um, Mark Alford gets it, and he is really a people person. So nobody's talking about, you know, that you know, that season last year. They're upset about the second-half loss in that bowl game. But uh, otherwise, Mark Alford, is, he's fine. And, and I think a lot of it is because he is a good coach, had one tough year, but he's such a nice guy. Well, Jerry, should uh, set up for a fun, fun year in the conference. There's no doubt. We've been talking about it uh, up here for a while, the fact that it just it, there seems to be some great parity, especially in the north, probably four really good teams with the Washington schools and Stanford and Oregon and in the south with the two L.A. schools kind of rising back up to prominence. It could be a really fun year. So uh, we look forward to talking again. Enjoy the football season. We're very, very close. It's just around the corner. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, guys. Thanks for the time, and we'll talk to you again soon. There you go. That's uh, Jerry Allen, the voice of the Oregon Ducks as we as we look at the the Ducks schedule this year we talked about it a little bit yesterday with Virginia and Nebraska and you know at USC and Stanford and then at Utah th- that stretch in November if if they're hanging around will determine a lot for those guys but the two Washington schools boy i mean it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility they don't get beat in Pullman and lose at home to Washington for the first time now in 12 years uh the longest streak our man Gary Doherty sent us a text yesterday longest streak between the two teams is the one going on right now, 12 straight losses, but it, it, it will not last forever. Is this year it gets busted by Washington? They knock those guys off this year, and if they do, that comes after the Washington State game, as Jerry said, could be really difficult with that defense. So, you know, Oregon, like every other conference, or every other school in the conference, there's a couple stretches there where you have to get through it and navigate those waters to give yourself a chance to win the division. Um I, I am massively intrigued by this Dakota Prukup guy. And yeah. and from the standpoint that even though Marcus Mariota, you know, was had the ability, I mean, when, when Marcus would, would plant the foot, I mean he's gone and he's gone in a in a in a in a quick way. I mean there was no one no one disputed his ability to run the football. I thought there was times because he wanted to throw the ball and he was such a polished passer and you, you saw it even with you know his rookie season with Tennessee that he didn't want to tuck and run as much. I always thought watching Oregon, there were so many more opportunities for him to just, you know, fake the dive to, to Freeman and just keep it himself. And that he didn't do that. I remember particularly watching a game at uh, UW, not, la- obvi- not obviously last year, but two years ago. And he's the most feared player on the roster, uh, on the field, without a doubt. And that he should have kept the ball a lot more. This kid, this kid is the guy. This is what he's 1,700 yards rushing from a quarterback. 28 touchdowns, I believe. I'm intrigued to see him in that offense, what he can do, because I don't think they've had a guy at a quarterback position who is committed to running the ball as much as this guy may. And I think that holds, that holds or presents a whole new element of that offense. Masoli didn't do it. Darren Thomas didn't do it. 
as much. Uh, Mariota didn't do it as much. Th- this guy may just be a whole different element, a whole different beast. Well, they st- and you can't forget, Royce Freeman doesn't get enough credit because of Christian McCaffrey. Well, and and, and Miles Gaskin yeah. and those guys overshadow. I think Royce Freeman. Royce Freeman's the best NFL running back well, well, I mean, in this conference. I, I think he's I the have- best running back in this conference because McCaffrey does so much more. But Royce Freeman is the best tailback in this conference. Well, and, and he was in some ways recognized out of second-team All-American last season. He ran for 1,800 yards and 17 stuck. touchdowns. You're right, though. It's when you, think of, when you think of the great running backs in the conference, everyone mentions McCaffrey. And then, obviously, the year that Gaskin had, that's kind of a top of mind, especially around here. Uh, 1,800 yards in a 13-game season. I mean, I just, just think about those numbers. 1,800 yards in a 13-game season, of which you've got to remember that, that when Vernon Adams was out, that's all they had. Was Freeman? Yes. I mean, and he still ran for eighteen hundred years. The quarterback thing is interesting because, because of Freeman, because of the speed they have on the edge, they do a good job. They can spread you out. There are holes. There are opportunities for that quarterback to run. And uh, it, it really for Oregon is probably a simple thing. Can you stop somebody? You know, can well, you that's stop the somebody? Be the whole thing. They couldn't stop anybody last no. year. And, and again, the, you can bring back everybody in the secondary, but that secondary wasn't good last year. And teams, teams averaged, you know, over 300 yards passing against you. You couldn't stop anyone through the, through the air. And so unless, though, unless Brady Hoke has some ability to kind of transform everyone, we, you know, we, we see it all the time. I mean, coordinators are able to do that. Alex, Alex Grinch was able to do it at, at Washington State. But you're changing a whole new philosophy, going from a 3-4 now to a 4-3, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, your strength, you want your strength to be your secondary. And, I don't, it's just not their strength of their team. They're returning a bunch of guys, but it's not really their strength. No, you, you lost. they lose six of their front seven. Whether you go from a 3-4 to a 4-3 or vice versa, you've lost six of your front seven, including the best player on your team defensively in DeForest Buckner. All right, uh, we'll come back. We'll take in a little swing and a miss. What have we missed so far today? That's next. Now back to the VMAC for Seahawks training camp on your home for the 12th man in the NFL. Seattle Sports Radio 950, KJR. On the rebound, this is the Swinging a miss. This could be for a national championship. Gets it to the right. Swinging a miss. How did he miss the open goal? Six by four, and he comes up zero. Swinging a swinging a swinging a miss. Swing and a miss time. We, uh... If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. We teased it earlier. We should probably touch base and, and discuss, although they've downplayed it, stories that come out, we don't want to trade Josh Gordon. But who would want that guy? Outside of the four-game suspension, the potential he could get banned for life. <laughs> the football player himself, well, who couldn't use that? I, I think you got to kick around the idea. The number of teams have called, and I'm curious who those teams are. I'd, l- I'd love to know, obviously, if it's, if it's our team that we follow here in Seattle. Uh, if they have contacted the Cleveland Browns, I, I never trust anyone when they say, well, we're, we're not going to listen to offers. Well, 
Well, you know, whether there's smoke, there's fire. I mean, you're throwing it out there. Someone is acknowledging within the organization that they have received a lot of phone calls. Mm-hmm. Well, if they weren't interested in trading him, they wouldn't share that information that we've received a lot of phone calls for him. You're, you're doing this. You're, you're, you're releasing that information. And then you're saying, well, we're not interested in trading him to drive, the, to drive up the market now for him. And what are you going to get for him? I think the baseline, when you look at Randy Moss, Randy Moss was a fourth-round draft. You got The Raiders received a fourth-round pick from New England for Randy Moss. Randy Moss went on to have three straight 1,000-yard seasons. Of course, that first year, he had almost 1,500 yards, 20-odd touchdowns. Uh, they were Tom Brady. You know, Josh Gordon's a troubled guy. He's been suspended. You know, he's suspended for the whole year. He's suspended for the first four games of this season. Uh, so a fourth-round pick is as high as you go for Josh Gordon. Yeah, that's as, as high as you go. I don't. Even, I can't even imagine somebody giving up a fourth-round. I mean, but, but why not, though? I mean, think about it. Let's say you you can figure him out. You cut fourth-round picks. This team has done it routinely. I, I, I know what you're saying. I, the problem you is. Can nev- when, here, let me just finish. Yeah. You're never going to get the value of a fourth-rounder like this, ever. The problem is, is you can't trust him. And that fourth round, it's one thing if a guy has an injury issue, but he's one missed drug test away from being done. I'm not, I mean, he doesn't have to test positive. He just has to miss it. And he's done, 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 done. And that's, it, which makes it a great dilemma for whoever those teams are that are calling right now, because you have to weigh the risk reward. What's the risk? Well, the risk is, is you could trade, hell, you could trade anything for him. And if the NFL shows up one day and he's not there to take the test, whatever the case is, he's done, and you've and you've given it up. The reward, obviously, is the fact that you get if he's if he's right, you get an elite player in the NFL at a position that all of a sudden has become, God, maybe the most valued position in the league over the last few years. I mean, how we talked about that, not just fantasy wise, like we talked with Funston, it's become a passing league. And if you have that guy, then certainly it is. I. I, I, the one thing I, I, I wonder, I, and the guy from not, not Rappaport, but somebody else from the NFL Network had written, and then I think the ESPN reporter for Cleveland had, had said the same thing. They've stuck with him. They've kind of invested the time, the energy, the lost seasons on him. They, they want to see the fruits of that labor pay off. But I don't know. If, if they don't trust him and somebody comes a call with a fourth-round pick, Puck, probably they probably I wouldn't well, be surprised I, and, and, again, it's, we're, we're not talking about PEDs. We're talking about marijuana. And his yeah. violation last year was alcohol because he couldn't have anything. Right. The, uh, this organization is always about giving people second chances. The, uh, several people have said when I threw it out on, on Twitter, well, I'm good with our receiving core. Mm-hmm. No disrespect to what they have here. Doug Baldwin is, is an outstanding wide receiver and the rest of them are. They do not have a Josh Gordon player on this team. Hard, there's not a lot of teams in football that have Josh Gordon. I mean, he, he oozes potential. And I think for me, for a fourth-round pick, even though he'd miss four games, it's it's worth it because you, they could never draft a guy as good as this with the potential of this in the fourth round. Offensively, they've hit. I mean, they've hit on KJ Wright and and the and the likes. But yeah, I don't I don't disagree. I just I, this this team and it's odd. They they put such a and I think I'm sure it's not just them. A lot of teams put such a high value on that draft pick, and yet we're talking this year about how many draft picks are not going to make this football but, team. Be, because of what you just said, and hell, they've had fourth-round picks, receivers at that. that but didn't make let me interject. Team. They don't value draft picks when it comes to skill position players. Yeah. They don't. They did it for Harvin. They did it for Graham. Their M.O., when they go get skill position guys, is to trade those picks. Well, they've drafted a couple guys high, and they just haven't worked out as well either. I mean, Christian Michael's a second-round pick, right? But Paul I'm saying Richardson's when it comes to wide pick. receiver skill position guys, they, they don't value it. I mean, they, didn't, they, they shipped a first-round pick for Graham. They shipped a first-round right. pick. For Har- so I'm saying they're willing to go down that road. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, they, they are willing to trade for that. 
and and they've been burnt with their first with their high picks too. Richardson hasn't sure. turned out. Michael hasn't. They turned have out. been desirous of yeah. this type of wide receiver since the day oh. he stepped foot on this field. Pete Carroll. I'm going to assume most almost every coach. Absolutely. Would be. <laughs> I mean, well, good example is McAvoy. Sure. Get, just they're going to do whatever they can to find a spot for that guy because of size, strength, mismatch. You want to? Well, it's a sport about mismatches. I, I, I got one thing real quick. I want to mention this because I think that we talk sometimes on this show about TV ratings. So the Rams have been jamming the stadium. Fans have been brawling in the stadium with, with other fans. It's been fun to watch down in L.A. at the old Coliseum. Their TV numbers. Their TV numbers in L.A. Now, big markets, and so it's not really apples to apples because there's such a bigger market. Those numbers are still huge. Their TV numbers, about a 3.4. St. Louis, 3.2 for preseason games. So while they've been packing the stadium, it's not like people have been turning on the TV to watch these guys. That said, the NFL couldn't care less. Why? Because a 3-2 or whatever you get in L.A., you got to multiply that by whatever compared to what you came from in St. Louis along the way. But it is interesting to see that the St. Louis, and I read that in a St. Louis paper, I, I feel them because it's us with the Sonics. You know, you'll, you'll always compare. See? Told you it wasn't going to be that good. wasn't going to be that good. But in the end, you still have the L.A. TV market, which is absolutely enormous for those guys. And the NFL bigger picture. It has been cool to watch on, on Hard Knocks. It has been cool to watch the uh, the involvement. Because if you, you, you forget, you know, this is why I, there's there's a way I don't feel bad for St. Louis. Because St. Louis got that team because they were taken out of, out mm-hmm. of L.A. Mm-hmm. That, uh, there and they've was lost a, two NFL teams There was a now. fan base. There was a fan base there that was yeah. very loyal to the Rams. Yeah. yeah. Well, and they've and – they've, St. Louis has had two kicks at the can with the NFL, and they haven't made it work. And having been there, I can tell you, people, they just didn't go. There was no atmosphere. It wasn't it wasn't like the key arena situation where we had the team for 41 years. It was a transplanted team in the first place as well. So uh, what else you got? Anything else for me, for us uh, before you? You're, you're, you're coasting towards a post-game show. And no, a, and a post-game show basement. tonight, gearing up. I, I'm, ex- I'm excited. I, I'm, not, I'm not kidding you, man. I think this is a huge... Huge start tonight for Taiwan Walker. This is an enormous start for him tonight because he is he has got to show them. He's got to show them that he can be the guy that they can count on. That he can that he is absolutely the type of ace uh, that this staff potentially sees in him. Uh, the only other thing too is uh, there was a there was an article of uh, Fox College Sports. Yes, it said five reasons why Washington can win the college football championship. I just, you know, I, I said I usually support morning drinking, but you need to stop in this case. <laughs> There's a lot of great hype about Washington, but uh, no, they're not going to win the national championship. Not this year. Maybe next year. Maybe the year after, but the, my favorite too young to go win the, the national championship. My favorite part, too, is they say at number three, has there a reason they say they have the most underrated defense? Is it really underrated, though? They're, they're uh, I think maybe maybe na- I think I think underrated is in terms of nationally. I mean, they're just not going to get. No. Well, no, nationally, I mean, nationally, nationally, nationally. I don't think that you know they're not these the talking we're heads away. Are, these, all these talking heads aren't talking heads aren't talking about them as not uh, enough. But if, Washington defensively is right there. Uh, I they don't they don't I don't think in my opinion maybe in year three in year two. Jake Brown, the quarterback, is not the quarterback to lead them to a national title, nor do they have the receiving core to win a national title. They uh, they have the defense, but not not they don't have the they don't have the uh, they don't have the wide receiver core to, to lead them to a championship game against Alabama. Come on, I think I think Adam, you know that the if you're a Pac-12 fan and you're on the West Coast, you know about Washington's defense. Yeah. If you're not in this part of the country, 
what you know about the Pac-12 is, hey, Stanford's really good. They <laughs> they run the ball. They got a great offensive line. They got the best player in the country, maybe in yeah. McCaffrey. And Oregon throws the ball a lot or runs the ball a lot and puts up a lot of numbers offensively. And I think USC and UCLA are going to be good this year. That's what you know about the Pac-12. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's what you know. Uh, they'll know Washington's defense as the year goes on. Uh, preseason prep football rankings. Uh, despite all the issues, number two team in 3A, Bellevue. They're still supposed to be one of the best teams in the country, uh, in the state. G Prep 1, Skyline 2 in 4A, Eastside Catholic, Bellevue 1, 2 in 3A, Lincoln number 3. And uh, there you go. When is that? That starts next week, I guess. Right? Wasn't Gonzaga oh, right around from, the corner. Wasn't uh, Gonzaga Prep number 1 last year, too? Or they were pretty high up yeah, for this past year. Skyline, didn't they, in the, in the championship? Didn't they beat Skyline last year? So. Yeah, I think so, yeah. G Prep. All right, we'll come back. We'll check in with uh, Dave Softy Muller, noted Bellevue alum. He's coming up next. Now back to the VMAC for Seahawks training camp on your home for the 12th man in the NFL. Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Where uh, are you at Snoqualmie Ridge today? TBC no, that's Friday. Oh, Friday. I'm at Newcastle today. Newcastle. It's our goal to hit every golf course. I thought that was our goal. Pacific Northwest. Well, What's going on at Newcastle? Play every course. My goal is just to do my show from every course. Uh, what's going on at Newcastle? Well, Delta has their annual golf tournament, and uh, they asked us to come out and do our show today from here. And we said, okay, we'll do the show, but you got to give us something to give away on the air. So they're giving us a trip to Arizona to watch the Hawks take on the cards in October, 6 p.m. tonight. Wow. Yeah. That works. That You've works. been calling names out for a couple weeks. Most of the time. You may have noticed. May have forgotten once or twice. But yeah. uh, for the most part, we've done a pretty diligent job of doing that. Adam's yelled in our ear. And, and Mitch called out names just randomly today, too, which he is did. better. So. He did, which I'm really hoping that one of those guys he called <laughs> does not win because that would mean, I think, potential for shenanigans. Don't you think? Well, I like, sh- I like shenanigans if I'm yeah, not that's involved. That's true. Yeah, I mean, if, right. if, if we're not involved, I hope there's shenanigans. I hope hey, by the way, a lot uh, of Puck, Puck speaking of shenanigans, yes. speaking of shenanigans, those knuckleheads at Jimmy's last night. Oh, yeah, yeah, the bros. Yeah, we have a name for them, by the way. What are they? What are idiots. They called? <laughs> okay. I would say they're idiots. They idiots. were just, they, they had, no, they had, on. they had, they had had too much fill of their beer. And they well, were, that, you know, the guy that just, he, we know a guy in the building, I'm not going to name him. He has one too many. It's just, he's, he's that guy, just very uh-huh. annoying. Would he happen to be the producer of the <laughs> afternoon show? No. No. no, no, somebody else. No, okay, you just, no, no, we better leave it right, right. there. Right. The Come on, name names. <laughs> no, name names. No. What's the matter with just you? Just that loud, just kind of loud in your Puck ear. Doesn't guy. Wanna, Puck doesn't want to ruin his vacation. That's a good call. Oh, but uh, stay away. Right, just tell me off guys. here. Tell he me just off here. could not figure out. Yeah. Like I don't get why you're not cheering. Why you're not cheering? I, I don't know. I'm just well. I'm a okay, different mindset right now. I'm just watching the game and I'm getting ready for to do a post game show. Aren't you a fan? Any self-respecting basketball fan in Seattle now knows officially that the adopted team of the PNW is now the Golden State Warriors well, because yeah. of one Kevin Durant, right? That, yes, that, and I've, I mean, I've had been a warrior. I mean, it's not really a Warriors fan. I've just been yeah. a, I'm a Clay Thompson fan. Yeah, right. So, well, yeah. He, he just couldn't, they couldn't just figure like it out. Just like you, uh, you were a Patriot fan when Drew Bledsoe was there. Yes. Right? Yes, huge. And huge you were a Buccaneer fan. fan when Jack Thompson was there. Yes. No, and, Bengals. Uh, Bengals. Bengals. Bengals, sorry. Yeah, Bengals. Sorry. 
Bengals. Yeah. And uh, who else we got? Well, uh, I'm a Spurs fan NFL. with Aaron Baines. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Now yeah. a Pistons See? fan. Now a Pistons now fan. Pistons this fan this is Baines. what you get when you don't have a basketball team of your own. Yes. You can root for whoever the hell you want for whatever the hell reason you want. Yeah, it's, it stinks. Yeah. I told them that you. it stinks. Yeah, it's a little different if you don't have a team. And if, hey, tips, we don't have a team in the NBA anymore. So yeah. well, You know what? They're lucky I wasn't there. All right. Because <laughs> oh, you are that loud-talking guy behind No, I, you know, I really I really try not to be, by the way. There's no, there's no doubt that I'm loud while I'm, while I'm on the air. I'll admit that, no doubt. But when I get in public, man, I, I can't stand loud talkers. I can't stand loud talkers on airplanes. I can't stand loud talkers in restaurants. I was having breakfast uh, yesterday uh, before Seahawk practice at my favorite Jewish delicatessen, Goldberg's in Factoria. And I'm sitting there having How is a, that uh, place? Is that, oh, is it's that beautiful. worth the drive? Oh, it's, it's, uh, oh come on. Look, if you're, if you're at the VMAC, then you're halfway there already. Just so right absolutely. The way, I'm going to go to it. Check out the blintzes, the matzo ball soup, oh. the latkes, the oh. ham and salami. It's, it's the best. And I'm sitting there having breakfast by myself, and some jackass is like, hey, so what's on the schedule for this afternoon's meeting? Uh, what are we talking about? Like, dude, please, relax. What's the matter oh, with you? he was people? using it as an office then. Yes, he's that. We talked about him on yes. that guy last week. The guy that You're uses on your phone, the guy that uses man. the public places as office oh, instead of being in the office. He's in, yeah, yeah. Well, shut no. the hell up already. You know, just like ever, ever since the Seinfeld loud talker episode, I've been very <laughs> cognizant of that. You know, what I'm talking I love about that right. the you fact that those guys were that loud at Jimmy's. They must have been loud to be heard at Jimmy's. Yeah, they just and, said one, they had uh, two, two, too many beers. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm glad that you brought this up on the air, Puck, because uh, Chuck was, was considering talking about this on his show, and he, he uh, backed off Chuck, on it. Chuck was a little he concerned. Was I scared could see, out of I his could look mind. At Chuck. Chuck was a little afraid yesterday. He didn't well, quite understand. He didn't know what to do. And Yeah. You should have heard him off the air today. I mean, you would have been entertained. Because, first of all, it's like in classic, you know, I've got my girlfriend there, and there could be a guy with a gun. You never know what's going to happen. It's like, dude. Oh, my God. They were, like, they were like prep kids. For I don't mind getting into a fight to support you, but if we're talking about a fight over a t-shirt, I'm not going down that road. <laughs> well, I, I'm meeting the unicorn for the first time. I think the the unicorn could have beat all five of them up. Oh, now, listen, God. tell me, who's the unicorn? I, I have that, no that's idea his what you're talking about. Oh, his girlfriend. Oh, okay. All right, for the longest time, nobody thought okay. she existed. You know? Right. So, uh, right. Just, like, I met uh, her and I guess she just eats beef jerky. Apparently, the only thing she can eat is beef jerky. What's better than a gal that likes to swallow beef jerky? I don't know. I love yeah. beef jerky. Can you do another I'm Chuck imitation? You. I thought that was I awesome. just don't get it. He's, he's causing fights. I'm doing a post-game show. I'm trying to be a professional. Then all of a sudden, a guy walks <laughs> in with a gun in his hand, and all hell breaks loose. <laughs> he was really freaked out, dude. Seriously. Oh, you might want to actually put your hand around the guy and you know just have a conversation. Oh, with him. He, he was a little taken aback. Panicked. That is, that yeah. is too yeah. good. That is too I didn't good. sign up for this. Uh, it's yeah. exactly it. It's not my contract. I moved here from Phoenix for this. Nobody wants to help me. I'm the new guy trying to make a name for myself, and here we're getting into fights. <laughs> it was never going to fight. It was just a loud, it was loud oh, chatter. Man. Yeah, but Puck, listen, Furness and I both know about the gene that's inside of you. Yeah, right? that's it, when it would, when it snapped, that. it's yeah. There's the, the you could get close. Yeah. Right. yeah, there's been some fun times at Jimmy's. I remember. The night Puckett got his bike stolen, that was that was entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, the guy didn't. I got it. I know. He was but, riding away. He was he riding down. Riding away, he was riding down Occidental. Down red down the oh, wait a minute! You looked outside and saw a guy yeah. riding off into the sunset. I didn't, That's I, my bike. I didn't lock That's my it up. Bike. I didn't lock it up, and I was doing a post game show. Yeah. And I it was right outside the window, yeah. and all of a sudden, a guy, was a homeless guy, I think, yeah. So jumps on it, jumps on yeah. it, and he, go for a ride. Yeah, but he was so intoxicated he couldn't quite, no. you know, <laughs> steer it, and he couldn't get his feet on the pedal. So it allowed me enough time. 
to get yeah. out there and grab it. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, man. I, I was just going to take it for a ride. Yeah. I, think Nelly, I think Nelly was there. You should ask Likely Nelly about it story. sometime. He probably has now, a Now, let me story, ask yeah. you this, Puck. Are you the kind of guy, maybe I've asked you this before, you are the kind of guy that's got the bike helmet with the little, small, little rearview mirror on the side of your helmet? <laughs> Do you have that? I have that. A little square. And oh. I have um, You have uh, reflective tape on your pants when you ride? I, yes, and I, have the, and I have the baseball card in my spokes. Well, that makes sense. That I understand. He's also the got, the, he's also got the, 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 the tour shirt with all I do, the sponsors I on do it. the whole tour outfit. With all the sponsors yeah. on it. I do 7-Eleven, FedEx, yeah. spandex, DHL, spandex. I do full spandex, the whole thing. You bring a second set of clothes to change into in the office? No, I just do this show in the spandex. Good for you. Him and Sarge. All right, what you I can't believe Sarge does that. Sarge That's a little that. aggressive. Yeah, Sarge, Sarge. Does that. You mean Quasimodo? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Did I say that out loud? <laughs> Terry Ryan's laughing his ass off, by the way, right now. What do you Quasimodo. have coming up today? Uh, we got a lot coming up. Kyle Seeger's on the radio show. On your last show ever. <laughs> yeah, ever. Uh, Pete Carroll's at 420 this afternoon. Whoa. Coach of the Hawks joining Whoa. us on the radio show. Nice. And then we'll hear from uh, Gary Gilliam. And uh, how about, you know, Heath Farwell's back. You guys know that? Uh, yes. Yeah, he's back. On, he'll be on the radio show. And then uh, Bill Kruger as well. He's a grad assistant. He is. Actually, he's got a real job. He's getting a paycheck. Is he? But he was bitching about this paycheck versus the paycheck he was making in 2014. I was like, well, <laughs> duh. Hey, you know what? I love Heath Farwell, but he collected a paycheck in the NFL for a while. God bless him. <laughs> God wait. No doubt. You know, worked, worked hard for that. All right. All we'll, right uh, we'll, we'll see you uh, later on. That's Dave Softy Mark Puck. We'll it. see you in, uh, what, a month or two when you come back? Two months. Two months. Be back right for the uh, stretch kick run for the Seahawks. I'll see Are you, you leaving the... again? Yeah. Is he He's... leaving again? Yeah, yeah. I'm, out, I'm out again. We're you know what? I'm going to start calling you. Summer vacation continues. I'm going to start calling you Mitch. Have fun, Mitch. <laughs> He's going to be back Enjoy right before. Mitch. He'll be back on the Monday before the Apple Cup. There you go. That's Jason Puckett. Go Cooks. Yeah. And Oregon and Washington. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. Yeah! War damn eagle. Dong, Grandpa is talking to you. Yeah!